1: Podcast. I'm Ben Conlin, star, budding star in the sports journalism industry. That's what people are saying. Jack Fitzpatrick also joins me, and he is a fellow budding star. We are two young superstars. <laughs> people are asking us left and right. They're willing to pay us to, to merge with their sites. That, that people, is that is the damn truth. People love us, Jack. It's I don't know. It is what it is. We took a week off because of the the press. And the excitement that is building around our site, we wanted to sort of relax and make sure we stayed humble, but we're back. I don't really know how
0: to um, come
1: back. Like, I don't know how to respond to that. because that Yeah, I gave you no idea that I was going to go on a weird tangent. That
0: was a really, like, everywhere tangent that I don't really even know how to respond to. But yeah, shout out to the people that tried to get us to merge with them, even though I think we probably have more followers <laughs> than they do. And... Probably a stronger online presence um, if he's listening or this person who – I assume it's a guy, but that's a, that's a bad assumption. Like, maybe
1: maybe one day we'll merge, but um, probably not. Yeah, just flattered though. Nice yeah, that people but, are, are willing yeah. to reach out. But it, right now we're a solo operation and we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. Mainly because if we merged, we'd actually have to like – We'd have to actually do work and that's yeah. why i both of us. I don't think
0: <laughs> – I, I haven't written an article – Since Kiki Jeff, the Kiki Jefferson piece
1: baseball contributor, Nick Stevens is keeping us afloat right now. Somebody commented (laughs) on his recent baseball piece and they're like, we'd love to hear some softball takeaways. And I was like, I wish I had written some of those, but I may do that here in the coming days, depending on availability.
0: Yeah. Maybe I just, I get most of my softball takes from you as you're watching it and I'm not watching it. And I just get what the, what, huh? I'm sold, this team sucks, and then the next text text is, I love them, they're great, we're going to win the national championship.
1: I have a very strange, and we'll get into this, relationship with the softball team. I'll watch one game, and I'm like, I'm like, wow, I should probably book my tickets to Oklahoma City for the uh, Women's College (laughs) World Series. And then a game later, I'm like, well, they're not even going to get out of the C tournament. (laughs) So I'm trying to stay calm, but I'm a lunatic, (laughs) so it's... (laughs) It's been a struggle. We will get there. Yep. What was the other thing that I... Oh, I want to write an article on, like, the five best memories in the Convocation Center, but I'm not old, so it's very hard to come up with literally oh, any. Yeah. But, I mean, well... I got some good tweets, so I think I might be able to, to conjure up. The one that stands out is, like, the Deladon. She dropped, like, 54 or something, and yeah, JMU still well, that won. that
0: game, that Don Evans Deladon yeah. game was... I remember when I worked for Athcom. Like that was the game everyone always talked about. They were like, when Deladon Don and Evans just squared off, it was, it was we were watching history. And like that's that's not false because Deladon Don went on to be what a WNBA champ and MVP. Right. And yeah, Don she's... Evans outdueled her. And Don Evans, I don't think went to the WNBA or had a short career, if anything.
1: Right. So I mean that's. That was a pretty wild one. That'll be up there. I got another one about JMU blowing out Richmond, I think in like a midnight madness game way back in the day. So I'll compile some and uh, maybe add, I think um, JMU's win this season over UNCW at home. The men's basketball team is one that, you know, I'll always, I'll be telling my grandkids, if I'm fortunate enough to live that long about that game and, and how JMU picked up two conference wins this season.
0: Well, that, that's a perfect segue into our first topic of the day. Men's basketball, what else? I feel like we start every show with some men's basketball. They have two more games on the season at Northeastern. Did I say at Northeastern? Yeah. And at Hofstra. Right. Do you think they pick up another conference win by the end of the season?
1: That's a good question. I think they're going to pick up both, and I think that puts them in legitimate at-large consideration for the NCAA tournament. No, I think they're going to lose both <laughs> games. I would be surprised if they won either game. It's just – and that's not even really anything against JMU necessarily. I think playing at Northeastern or at Hofstra is a really tough trip, especially for JMU being from Virginia. I think both the teams are better than JMU because I think every team in the conference is. So when you're going up that far, you've got those two road games, you're coming off I – don't, I don't know if it's a demoralizing loss in the last game of the Convocation Center, but it's one it of those de- – I would say that was like
0: a demoralizing, demoralizing loss. Am I, I really you saying it right,
1: yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. It was funny because you kept you kept redoing it, even though every time you were nailing it. <laughs> that was weird. That it it didn't sound right. Like it was coming out of my mouth,
0: and I felt like I was just completely saying gibberish.
1: Um, well, I enjoyed that,
0: but yeah, I feel like that's a moralizing loss. I think um, that's a
1: that's a fair point. I mean, I because think... it
0: is the last game in the convo, and you. It, Maybe it wasn't demoralizing because that was the loss that has epitomized the row era.
1: Yeah, right. It's a game that they could have won. They were close in late, and they end up falling just short in sort of a, a close game, and then they'll follow it up with losses or whatever. It's I don't know that the um, that the entire gameplay was demoralizing because I thought they did some nice things. I think to me, it's that build up for that game, right? Because for the last few weeks, we pretty much we pretty <laughs> it's much a
0: countdown. It. Every game we're pulling out. Farewell to Convo, (laughs) four games, three, two, farewell to Convo for the men's team, let's go. And then they lose.
1: Well, and they're like, and we'll get to this in a second, but they're losing like pretty much every game on the season. I think at least like six or seven games ago, I was like, all right, I'm circling this one game on the calendar. They're probably going to lose most of the other ones. If they can win that one, it would salvage at least like some emotional happiness for this season. So I think they, they were all really up for this game to then lose it and then go on the road to Boston and Hempstead, New York. I don't know if that bodes well for the psyche of the eighteen and twenty two year olds in this team.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's a tough loss. That's a bad loss. But huh, you know you know what the good thing is though? What's that? The season is almost <laughs> restarted with the CAA tournament. Oh Everyone's yeah, well I think that one might have a... <laughs> and everyone has the same shot at winning it all. Even well... though no team has been has played the first day of games and won the ca championships it's like nineteen I'm, <laughs>
1: I'm having a horrible throwback because i remember you writing that story <laughs> for the breeze like a real long time ago and we are both now employed <laughs> and have real jobs in the real world oh man no, that, you did that right uh, way back yeah, in the
0: day I, I wrote i think that was my first year it was
1: one of my first like
0: real articles that was the first For row the year, was Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was the first row year. And I remember, like, because they kind of finished that season. This is a complete side tangent, just a trip down memory lane. But that season, like, it was kind of like this, like the whole row era where they showed flashes throughout. Mm-hmm. But coming down the stretch, they had a couple good wins, a couple close good losses. And they were sitting around, like, middle of the pack CAA and... I was like, okay, I think if this team clicks for a couple games, they could win it. So I I wrote the story on like what to expect from them going into the CAA tournament. And I remember I asked Snowden, Ramon Snowden, I was like, So I don't know if you're aware, but a team hasn't like been a five seed or lower and won the CAA championship since like nineteen ninety three. What are you guys kind of like preparing yourselves for to go into this and have to win what? four games in four days and he was like, Wow, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, maybe that was a bad that was a bad way to preface that question. <laughs> yeah, what what was that stuff? <laughs> oh, that sounds impossible.
1: <laughs> so you killed their psyche. <laughs> Yeah,
0: but then they won the first game. So did I. That hey, was they're when, pretty decent at winning the first game. That was probably one of my favorite JMU games because Roe gets ejected, <laughs> and I think that <laughs> well, was like one of his only, the only. It, it was a fantastic though because like I thought that's what we were gonna get from Roe, like from the rest of his career was like a fiery sideline guy. Yeah, and then he turned into Brady.
1: Matt Brady was the king of almost getting a technical, having an official put his hand up, and then turning back to the bench a little bit frustrated. He would never like ever I just, get the technical.
0: And then Roe kind of turned into that too. After his yeah. second season, he just kind of got like, I don't know. I like I like when a coach gets a tech. I, I like when a, catch yes. gets a, a coach gets ejected. That's one of my when I'm watching and a coach starts laying into the ref. Just put the camera on that.
1: It's amazing, and sometimes it does work as a way to like fire up a team, right? Where you yeah, get exactly. A, a technical, or you get ejected, and a team goes on like a 10-0 run because they're kind of fired up and they need a little spark so i don't know maybe maybe roshi just try to get ejected each game the rest <laughs> of <laughs> his coaching <laughs> tenure and see what happens. he's what one to know when he gets tossed yeah i it's think better, he is better than the games when he doesn't get ejected so um yeah but the, the thing i really i wanted to ask you about is the <laughs> oh yeah to they, get back
0: on the topic
1: i'm watching the game right i watched it or at least the end of it Um, in the UVA baseball press box, which I don't know if I should admit that, but I had it on (laughs) in the background kind of watching the baseball and then watching the basketball a little bit. And they threw streamers at the end, which they had planned. I get it, last game of the convo. But they just lost by four, and they're throwing streamers. Did it seem weird? So, like, yes and no.
0: Okay, so for, like, the fact that, yeah, they just lost the game, but, like, the whole buildup, it was a season-long of buildup, like, for that moment. I think that was more for the fans than it was to celebrate the game. Like, it was to celebrate the convo itself. I think I would have been fine with it if they just came off a 20-point loss to William and Mary. (laughs) And, like, there was no hope in the game whatsoever. But, like, you just come off a crushing loss. And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Because it's also not the last game of the convo. The convo still has a women's basketball game. Like, I feel like that's when we should be. Like, really hyping it up. Like, I don't get, get why they're – yeah, and I don't get why we were hyping up this men's basketball last game because it's they've been terrible for 20 years. But women's basketball has been great. Um, I feel like we should be hyping up the women's basketball last game more so than the men's, but that's another story. Um, I also just don't really like it, and I know the story behind it. And the the toilet paper was thrown – onto the court as the first streamers in the convo on game days. You couldn't find toilet paper on campus because all the students would take it to the games. Like I get all of those stories, but streamers haven't been a thing at men's basketball for a long, long time. And I think it's more of a football thing now. So that was my kind of problem with it. Like, yeah, the tradition started in the convo, but it's not really the convos anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an interesting point. And I think for me, um, if you do it during the game, you get a technical. But I, And I know that you don't want to give those points away, but for me, that's kind of what the tradition was originally, right? Yeah. They would score the first basket, and then they would throw the toilet paper on the court. I thought that would have been cooler. I understand the the rationale to not want to get a technical foul, but I think that would have followed tradition. No, that, that been way, cool. that even if been you get real, blown yeah. the heck out, then it doesn't matter because you're doing it, you know, one basket into the game.
0: And And I think that'd be cool, too, to kind of stop the game, like –
1: yeah, kind of that. like
0: how you stop a game when a player gets, like, their 2,000th point or their right. – Like, you stop the game and you kind of do it. I, I, I think it would have been really cool. And even if you could talk to William & Mary, I bet they would have understood if, like, when we make our first basket, like, I don't know. I feel like you could have worked something out with the NCAA to be like, don't call a tech. Hey, rest, don't call a tech. Like, William & Mary, is that all right? William & Mary, yeah. You know? I don't know.
1: I think so, too. Yeah, I think if you brought that up, you can either work something out. And even if you don't, which I still think you probably would be able to, like, I don't know, take the two-point L, yeah, you know what I mean? It's more of like a symbolic game than it is like yeah. the you're conference not, you're, standings. Yeah. You're you're going to, I guess it's Saturday now, but Pillow Fight Saturday. You're going in that. You're playing the first game no matter what. Like, if you lose two points, you lose two points. Yeah,
0: it, that game wasn't for standings. That game wasn't had nothing to do with conference standings for JMU. So
1: I see what you're saying. I agree. I thought it would have been interesting at the very least. But, yeah, so I guess we just – we wait for Shaka. Exactly. Or Tony Bennett. Is Shaka, Tony Bennett, or John Beeline would be the – if you don't get one of those three.
0: Well, John Beeline moved into, like, a front office role with the Cavs. Oh, now, did he? So, yeah, so I no, think he's off the table, which is a little loss. sad. Um, but I think Shaka and Tony Bennett are still very much in play. I mean, <laughs> didn't Tony Bennett, like, turn down a huge pay raise or something and – just like earlier in the season. <laughs> I feel like that just shows his love for the game and, and what better way to come to Harrisonburg, take a suffering program and rebuild it into a national title contender. That's do, you think he could,
1: do you think he could just coach um jmu on like a part time basis where he like still coaches Virginia, <laughs> but like on like Tuesdays he skypes in and is like, Hey guys. Well,
0: that would make for a really awkward opening game next season.
1: Okay, he would have to wait until after that game, I guess. <laughs> so I guess our attention is turned to shock smart. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a really I am fascinated for the off season though, because I don't I don't think there's anything Roe can do to save his job. I think even if JMU wins the conference tournament, I think there's a legitimate chance that he still loses his job because the team, unless they make like an NCAA <laughs> title run, they're um they're not gonna do that. They will um, be well below five hundred. I don't think they have much of any chance of winning the conference tournament. They might not even get ten wins this season, to be completely honest with you. They still need one to do that. Um yeah, I mean, they're going to win fewer games this year, I would guess, than last year with the 14. I think he's probably, at this point, they'll be making a coaching move. So I'm interested to see if JMU is able to keep its players, who they hire, all those things. The offseason for men's basketball is going to be fascinating.
0: Can I give a like kind of a real guess at coach? Sure. Ryan Odom. I've heard his name. UMBC's head coach. Oh, what's he get paid? four twenty five a year base annual salary four twenty five through twenty twenty three when he first was hired, he was making two hundred and twenty five um i think four twenty five i think four fifty is in the it's a little yeah. on the higher end, but I think that's in range for jamie's men's basketball and odom he had the of course we all know what he did to Virginia and he's kind of had a mixed track record at u n b c um kind of up and down. But it's a solid mid-major coach. Doesn't get paid a huge amount. And James, you could probably lure him away with Harrisonburg and, and
1: new facilities. I wouldn't. I would be kind of okay with a Ryan Odom hire. He would be very, very interesting. I will say that. I think there'd be a lot of potential value there to bring him in. He actually has. He, he was a UVA assistant too. He weirdly has some, um, some like street cred. Just because of what he did with uh, the upset over Virginia, so kind of a name that isn't a name, if that makes sense. Um, no. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was uh, he played under Tony Shaver. How fascinating is that? That's wild. I think he was a tech. It looks like looks like he was a tech.
0: Really, forward. I thought I thought he was a coach with um, Bennett at one point. I don't believe so. This is going to be awkward for our listeners who are just kind of, like,
1: listening to us flubbing through.
0: (laughs) Oh, and oh my gosh. Tony Shaver would be a fun one, too. You know where he was a coach before? I thought you had
1: already seen the Lenore (laughs) Rhine. I thought that was part of your your draw. (laughs) No. Right when I saw it, I was like, I guarantee Jack saw that. I was going to make a Houston coach, (laughs) But he was a coach at Lenore Rhine. I'm just saying. There's definitely some value there. I mean, he's got... This year, they're not going to get there. It doesn't look like. But prior to that, he's had three consecutive 20-win season at UMBC. They haven't really been the best team in the world, but there's some interest there. I still, I still love Mike Jones at Radford. No. Yeah, I love I, Mike I think
0: that is something – that is, I think, one of
1: the, the very few things we disagree on. Yeah. You don't like Mike Jones, even though he's clearly the best coach in the country.
0: I th- <sighs> Games. I don't, okay, so my problem with him, I think he would win a lot of games, yes, but I think we'd run into the same problem we had with Brady, where you just kind of win a lot of games in the regular season, you have a good position, and then maybe once every five years you win the CAA and then lose in the first four.
1: But he's been better than Brady. He's close to closing in on another 21 season. Last year they beat, I think they actually beat Chaka Smart in Texas. They did. And they beat Notre Dame on the road. They've got a decent decent little program going. They beat us by a million
0: yeah, but, earlier in the year. Yeah, but Radford's also a vastly superior team than we, we are. So, like, I feel like they, he should be doing more with Radford. Hey, we beat them last
1: year. Yeah, when they, when beat, they were receiving when they beat, votes. When they beat, when they beat Texas. Get, game after beating Texas, they, <laughs> they lost <up. laughs> yeah, that I was I think there's value there. But we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be the most excited JMU fans have been about the men's basketball program in – probably a while just to learn about the new coach Yeah, to see if they're able to keep players. And then obviously the new arena. So despite some terrible results, I think there is genuine excitement that will be there this off season.
0: I agree. I agree. And losing some players, I don't think is going to be the end of the world. Um, also they're going into their senior season. So how likely are they to transfer to kind of, kind of weighing all of those things. And now a quick look at, potential CAA tournaments. I want to hear your favorite and everything and, and, and all those good things.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good question. Um, I mean, Hofstra's playing really yeah. good basketball. I still think William Mary is a really sneaky play. I like what they have with the two seven footers. Their guards are pretty good. I think that the fact that they'd never made an NCAA tournament, maybe adds to that motivation factor. Uh, I kind of, I kind of want to tribe. Interesting. I disagree. I'm taking Delaware. You've been a big Delaware. Stand <laughs> I have. For a while. I
0: can't. I can't deviate from it now. But but they look good. They play tonight um, at Charleston on CBS Sports Network. Um, oh, shameless yeah. Shameless plug. plug. So I'll be watching that game intently. But I. I That's that a pretty a big, really matchup. big matchup because Charleston has all of a sudden found themselves in fifth in the standings. And Charleston is another team that, if they can get hot shooting wise on a night, all of a sudden you're looking at a completely different team. They've lost their last four, so they were sitting at nine and three at one point. Wow, I had to do that math real quick. They're sitting at nine and three at one point, kind of in a great position. And I believe this losing streak started when they lost to Hofstra a couple weeks ago. Um, But if Charleston wins tonight, all of a sudden they're at 10 and seven, Delaware's at 10 and seven. Towson, depending on theirs, can then leapfrog all the way to the third spot. Delaware and Charleston then become tied in the four seed. A lot playing out at the top. It is very neck and neck. The CAA is actually one of the tightest conferences in terms of the top of it Um, in the country. That doesn't mean they're good. That doesn't mean it's a good conference. That just means that no team has kind of dominated it. Um, but it's going to be a good game. I do believe in Delaware. I think they have great shooters. I can't name a single player on their team, though, except for Ryan Daly, who I yeah. watched last night for My St. Joe's, was... and he stinks.
1: <laughs> he shoots a ton. And he's one of those, those uh, volume scorers that people love to talk about where a guy takes like 30 shots, and they're like, well, he scored 25.
0: Like, well, of course he did. Someone on the announcing last night, they, like, he just kept dribbling the ball. And like dribbling around the top of the key, and like literally just dribble, 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 and then would like try to drive, and then he'd get hit, and then he'd bring it back out, then he'd try to drive, and he did that for probably 20 seconds of the shot clock, and then he got in and made a lay in, but the announcers were like, "That's some beer league stuff, you see." I was like, "Damn, just (laughs) coming at Ryan Daly,
1: absolute savage." One point I do want to make about Delaware, and I've done this a few times on Twitter, and I don't want to. And beat a dead horse but they hired martin yes. inglesby who's their current <laughs> head coach he's an assistant was an assistant at notre dame they hired him on june 20th the same year that jmu hired lewis rowe a few months prior um they're paying inglesby a good bit more but i think my point is sort of this is a massive offseason for jeff Bourne. he's gonna have to bring in a really good hire because there were coaches like Inglesby out there that ended up going to see schools and he just flat out whipped yeah. on them, right? So he brought in Lewis Rowe, who hasn't taken a trajectory similar to what Delaware has. Delaware was in a, a worse spot than JMU was in terms of recent wins and recent performance And the Cavaliers. Wow. I mean, the Cavaliers the, sorry, I, when you say Cavaliers <laughs> all the time, there's a stink bug in my room. I got real <laughs> distracted. It's creeped me out. Um, no, but the Blue Hens, like they've been decent and they're trending in the right direction. He's clearly, Inglesby is clearly sort of taking them where they need to go. And if you're JMU, you need to find someone that can take you in that same path. And I don't expect like a Kurt Signetti stealing of Inglesby or anything, but I think you got to find someone who can fit a similar mold where they start winning more games every season until you're an NCAA tournament. And I think defender. that'd be a really
0: interesting question to ask, Bourne. kind of a, did you interview Inglesbury and like, right. why didn't you hire him? Or like what made you go with Roe over some of these other coaches in that hiring cycle that have gone on to be solid. Like you've kind of now thrown away the last four years of like growth in the Jamie men's basketball program by hiring Roe. Yeah. And if you had those four years back, I would love to just have a sit down with born and not be like accusatory or mean. I just want to kind of get inside of his head for the hiring process. Like what was going through your mind four years ago, you'd even just ha- did a little bit of hubris almost play into effect because you just hired Mike Houston too at that point. And was Houston the year before Roe hire? I can't remember when they started. Or did they start at the same time?
1: I feel like they might have started at the same. I know Reagan and Roe are on the same track, right? But I I just wonder if like a little bit of the Houston
0: hire played into it as well in terms of you kind of found this – diamond in the rough and did you think you're gonna hit home runs twice by hiring lewis Rowe? not only an ex-jmu alum but he had been an assistant coach for a while at a bunch of mid-majors did you think maybe you're finding a diamond in the rough too that was also a
1: jmu alum right right i mean it's it's certainly kind of a fascinating storyline and obviously it hasn't really worked out well and they need it to work out well in the future. So we'll see what happens the last few games. It'll be interesting to follow, I guess. Uh, the conference tournament, at least, I don't think the next two games will be interesting for anybody. But um, unless you're, you you know, wake up every morning wondering if the Dukes will hit 10 wins this year. But if you're if you're not, then it's, it's going it's to be. But it's huge. It's a massive, yeah, it's off, massive
0: season. off season. I'm excited for it, though. I'm excited to see who they bring in. I don't necessarily expect a splashy hire. I do expect probably, like, an assistant from a mid-major or even a D2 head coach. Like I expect a very low key hire, but I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and start talking about that and looking at what the coach has done, wherever he goes. Maybe he's a Lor- Lenore Ryan or maybe a Citadel connection, maybe even Mars. Hill.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. If they, if Mike Houston's willing to come, I think that would be, would be valuable. It'll, it'll be fun to watch if nothing else. And, uh, As the actual basketball season goes on and we talk about, you know, jokingly talk about men's basketballs at large chances, women's basketball somehow, some way snuck into the latest ESPN (laughs) bracketology. I think they were the last team in, which I don't know. I saw it and I was very surprised.
0: Oh, 110%. They don't have a single good win on their resume this season. They have plenty of bad losses. I'm looking at the UVA game and I'm looking at um the Drexel big-time loss, uh, all of their losses this season have been bad losses, if we're being completely honest, um, except for the Maryland game. That was a good loss, but they have no good wins. If you're talking about quad one, quad two, quad, all those quad stuff, I don't know if they have that for, the women, for women's basketball like they do for men's. I would assume they do, but they don't have a single quad one win. They're 0-1 in quad two.
1: 0-1 or maybe 0-2 in quad one. So, Looks like UCF is actually 38th in the RPI, so I guess that gives them one win that is... Okay, Maybe good. so then
0: what, 1-2 in quad one?
1: I would think so. I would. That would be my guess. I'm trying to... They definitely have the... I'll find it. The net rankings, but for... They don't put it in a good spot for the women. But I'll, I'll dig it up. But no, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, most of the wins on the resume are not all that impressive. So I was surprised because I think we and most other fans have sort of written off the idea that JME would be able to, yeah. to get in that large berth because it seems a little bit um, like a pipe dream. Yeah, I point. mean,
0: if they can win their last four, I mean, we have it circled. The Jamie Sports Blog guys had Coach O on their podcast and was talking about this upcoming game on Friday against Drexel. Huge. Ben and I both didn't realize this, but that's a top 50 net matchup.
1: Yeah, if they're able to pick up that win, it's it's actually a yeah. good quality win. I knew Drexel was good. I just didn't think they were valued quite that well. Yeah. Sort of by some of the metrics. So if you can get that one, gives you another solid win and sort of puts you in a position to head into the CAA tournament strong. I guess there is an outside chance they can they can make a um a run here and get an at large berth. And oh, Reagan made a good point on the J New Sports blog podcast. He also said that like while the bracketology might have them in now they really only have that Drexel game as the main opportunity yeah. left where other teams that run the bubble and say the ACC yeah. are going to have, you know, three, four, five and then Not to mention to in get... the
0: ACC, their tournament, their conference tournament exactly is right. a big win potential every week where JMU probably has this Drexel game. And then the next time they'll get an opportunity for a good win will probably be against Drexel again in the CAA
1: championship. Exactly. So... It's all very fascinating how it all works. They do, they break it up weirdly. They don't do like the same net. They still use RPI, I guess, in terms of terminology. That's very (laughs) confusing to me. But UCF is basic. They're a 26 to 50 RPI victory. And then they've got two other losses to Drexel, Virginia and Maryland of teams in the top one to 50. That UVA one
0: would have been huge.
1: It would have been. I didn't realize Virginia was that high considering they have a losing record. But I guess what the Cavaliers have done in and this is actually the Cavaliers this time. what the Cavaliers have done in conference is is good enough to keep them there. That's one that yeah Jamie know you know, you know which one they back.
0: probably want back big time
1: uh yeah Maryland
0: <laughs> you beat Maryland and you've got the record Jamie. Haller yeah one hundred and ten percent if you beat them the way they had a lead at one point in that game, you could have a couple more losses yeah, but... on your resume, and I feel like they would still be in um. But I think the best way for them to get in and to control their own destiny is truly to win the CA tournament because I really don't see, even if they win out these next four and then lose in the CA tournament, I don't necessarily see them making it at an at-large because they're so on the fringe. They need everything to happen properly. Like the teams that, are, that would get an at-large, they need to get their automatic qualifier. They need to win their... Because con- the second there's an upset in one of these conference tournaments and a team that isn't even really on the bubble right now is then all of a sudden in, then you lose that because then a top right. team is going to get that at large and going to push you out. So
1: I, I, I don't think, yeah, they, I, mean, I
0: still don't think they make it in as an at large.
1: I think that's a fair point. It's, it's fascinating too. Cause when we talk about that scenario, they probably have to win the next four, right. And then lose in the CA tournament yeah. final. You can't have another instance last year where they lose in the first round of hops or something that's a killer loss. And right now the Towson loss on the resume is, it, is yeah. a bad one and a, a sloppy one too. Right. Cause they played them at home and beat them by 42. Like that's a team that you can't yeah. lose that game, you know? And I think we've talked about that a few times and I do hope they make the NCAA tournament. Cause this team right now could be 24 and one, 25 and oh, it's a, and they played a Maryland team, a top 10 caliber Maryland team. Like they had the game. I think this,
0: if they can make it into the NCAA tournament, I think they can win that first weekend and make it into the sweet 16. And I don't think that's crazy to say.
1: And that would be a blast to watch, man. That'd be a ton of fun. So we'll see what happens there. These next four are important and they have a massive weekend that I feel like is not getting nearly enough hype. So they've got Drexel, which is this huge, huge game on Friday. And then Delaware, that's the last game in the convocation. Oh yeah, it is the very last one. Here's a question that I don't know if you know the answer to. If they don't make the NCAA tournament and they get in the WNIT, would they host games yeah, they or might. no? So then it would be like... Born. Yeah, it,
0: this is the quote-unquote last game in the convocation center.
1: Unless they have some weird agreement where they're like, oh, we're not playing at home. But,
0: but Jeff Bourne wants them at home. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so maybe maybe it's a false alarm. I don't know. If anyone has any specific scoops on that. That'd be interesting. I'm surprised no one's asked that. <laughs> so, um, Jeff Bourne, if
0: they make the NIT, are we just saying all the way or how's that going to
1: play out? Are they going to bring streamers to all those games <laughs> and and act like with, it's them, with the potential that they lose? Like with the, if they lose or if they win, then you keep it. Or what if it's the last one and they don't host are the they next throwing don't
0: streamers? Against we'll see. Delaware? Do you know
1: <laughs> if they only throw them against the men's game, that would be trash. So I hope so. <laughs> I hope they do a lot for the women's game because they are a lot better. And They're it's a truly – Yeah. And that's the actual last game. Yeah. They deserve a much better send-off. And the JMU men's send-off was pretty darn cool. They had Ralph Sampson was there among others. So. Yeah.
0: What if, like, the whole – all 2000s, all – since the beginning of women's basketball, they all show up kind of like how – He's got
1: – he said on the GMU Sportsball, he's got – I forget the exact ones, but it's like – I want to say – Don Evans, Tamara Young, and Precious Hall. Are oh, that's a pretty
0: there. solid look. Is, do you know if – I think Jasmine Guathamy is probably prepping for
1: – Yeah, I don't know if she has, like, WNBA kind of Olympic nonsense going yeah. on. But I don't think he mentioned her, but you never know. But it's cool to have old players yeah. come back. And I don't know. It's interesting to have JMU talked about in terms of any basketball capacity at all. And I think they're getting a little bit of buzz for the arena and then the women's team obviously making it. Into the latest bracketology, there's some a little bit of buzz going on. I love. That. I love a little bit of buzz. You know what else I love? It's a good A little you. bit what
0: else do you love? of. Uh, I can't segue this. Some diamonds.
1: Some diamonds. Some fresh. fresh. <laughs> <diamonds>. Fresh dirt <laughs> diamonds. You texted me earlier saying that you're becoming hype about this team. Almost solely because of our, our baseball writer Nick Stevens. So tell me, 110%, tell me
0: why. 110%. I read his article on JMU Sports News. that um, was kind of recapping this five-game winning streak they're on. They swept the series against Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, Quinn, Quinnpichac. Yeah. Uh,
1: Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and at first I thought those were – when they won 1-0 and then they won 12-11, I was like, oh, those are bad wins because I thought Quinnipiac – wasn't a good team. And then I read the article and I realized Quinnipiac last season made the regionals and then yeah. they projected baseball. America says they have the talent again this season to make it back to the regionals. And I was like, Oh wow. Like pretty solid team then. Um, so those are some big time wins. And then as I was reading it more, the pitching staff, which is, if you remember coming into the season, I had, Plenty of questions. I said this this offense had the capacity to do well with Zona coming back, Dabney, and Litany of others, but they lost so many arms to the MLB. And I was like, I don't think they can retool the bullpen and the starters well enough to kind of have a solid year again. But they've kind of shown in this five-game winning streak that Nick Stewart and specifically Show Walter, who has had himself a solid two years down in Stanton in the uh, Valley Baseball League, He's grown into something really good. And he's a solid, solid pitcher for this Duke squad. And now because I'm seeing how this pitching staff's doing and seeing what the offense is doing without Trey Dabney and with the emergence of freshman superstar Chase DeLauter, I have a lot of lot of lot of hope for this season. I think, I think they can make a little bit of run in the CAA tournament. And I know it's way too early to say that. They still have all of their non-con slate and all of their conference slate to go through, but I have high hopes.
1: Yeah. I think especially too starting uh, with that sweep where they lost all, all games against NC state, they were competitive in a couple of them, but they did lose all three and then to come back and win five in a row. I think that sort of says something about the team and its ability, obviously two walk off hits, both (laughs) from a freshman is huge and VMI actually had a chance to watch them in person a couple of games ago. I think, um, UVA beat them 4-3, to three, so JMU, a 4-2 to two win over VMI is actually a pretty solid win. That's a good team, a really scrappy team that can do some good things and, and nearly beat an ACC squad the other day. So I think it's exciting what this team's been able to do and, and the players that are there. And like you were saying, the pitching staff that everyone thought was a question is looking like maybe yeah. it's a strength. Uh, and I'm certainly enjoying the home games because Nick gets out to a lot of them, so then I have an idea of what's going on just based on his Twitter account. So it keeps me more informed, which is always yeah. valuable. But yeah, no, it's a team that has some exciting pieces. Is doing some good things. The schedule is not all that hard, so yeah, it could be a a fun season. I think we've talked about this a bunch, but like Harrisonburg loves itself some good baseball. Like they will watch forty-five year olds go out and play <laughs> over the summer. So I mean, if they're <laughs> able to to play, if the team, the they RCBL, do. I mean, if the team good, is good, I love it exactly. If the team is good. I think people will come out during the spring and, and watch it play and, and do some good things. And Trey Dabney, I think he was coming off a hand injury based on my sister's scoop. She's in a class with him. And uh, I think he just he just came off, and it seems like he's playing now. And I think his first game back immediately got hit by a pitch in Trey Dabney yep. fashion. So they've got some some pieces offensively. The pitchers look like they have talent. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah it's and Fox Simone, the 15th year senior. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around feels for like decades. It um
0: he i thought he was a senior I think he every has. year i really felt like he was a senior every one of my <laughs> years when i was at JMU. but he started this season Not strong sure. last season he started very slow um and this year he started i think he already has three home runs he's looking great he's getting hit by the pitches a lot dabney's finally back in he started his first game the last game against quinnipiac um i did he then play against vmi does not yeah. So I like think he me. just played against Quinnipiac. Um, I just also really like saying that. But you have this this group <laughs> and Zona at the nine hole. Zona's father, I believe, is a scout for the Washington Nationals, so he's kind of been around the game of baseball for a while, and he knows what to do. And losing him last season was huge. But then he was with the Harrisonburg Turks this last summer. He didn't post great numbers there, but I think they probably really worked on some certain aspects of his game. And now he's coming back. And in that nine hole, he's He's blossoming. So I I feel like there's youngness to this squad, but there's also a lot of experience because a lot of them got PT last year. So I think I say this, the wheels could come falling off very quickly. Baseball is an interesting game, but I have high
1: hopes. I think that's fair. And it's a good point to mention Zona. When you've got a guy like that in the nine spot, I think it says a little bit about the depth in talent of the offense just when you can slide him in there the guys early in the lineup are really talented so it's i don't know it's fun we'll obviously see what happens as the season progresses but through eight games there's certainly reason to be encouraged and
0: you know who else is giving us interesting reason reasons to sometimes be encouraged Oh, God. This yeah, give it brand. to me. Just break it down for me. I'm going to pour myself a cup of coffee right now, but I want you to just dive okay. in to your love-hate relationship
1: that is softball. All right. So it's been a roller coaster season, <laughs> folks. You start it with – they win the first game, 6-0 against a ranked Texas Tech team, and Odyssey Alexander was so good. Almost a circle. perfect game. And I was like, yeah. I was like, all right, this, is, this shows me something. Then they go out the next day against Kansas, and Kansas is bad. Kansas is not a very good team. They're a power five team, but Kansas Can a is not quick very side good. Tangent on that. Sorry to interrupt. I know I yes. said I'm
0: I'm making myself coffee and I'd be quiet. <laughs> but we were texting during that Kansas game. And Kansas is only
1: good at basketball. This is yes, this is very fascinating. If you look at Kansas's <laughs> sports the last 20 years, they're very bad at like most things. And it's just
0: really funny that like they're a power five school. Yet they suck in almost every single sport.
1: It's truly <laughs> impressive because they have this weird, at least in my opinion, because of the men's basketball team. I think they have this, or that they're um, good,
0: like that they're yeah. And their men's basketball team, like, has kind of been known to choke and hasn't been like <laughs> fantastic. Like they kind of have ups and downs. But like we see Kansas, and we're like, that is the epitome of a great basketball power. But it's like one they haven't been fantastic like they have a every like every couple of years they're great and then they just kind of taper off and they come back and they're great but then like you know we have this or like we think they're great at everything but they're trash at everything
1: they have some shades of like michigan football where it's got that that overinflated love it's it really is confusing once we once i dove into it i was like wow this is Absolutely insane. But Wes we talk about how they're not very good. They're also not very good at softball. They beat us the day after the day after JMU looked really good. They lost twelve to two in five innings. They got Mercy Ruled by Kansas. And then later that evening, they play what was an undefeated Missouri team that has postseason probation, but it's still a really good team this year. JMU falls down three to zero, ends up winning the thing eight to seven in eight innings. Odyssey Alexander threw like six million pitches. I think it was <laughs> 175 they didn't pull her even though she gave up seven runs and eight walks because they had nobody else so she threw 175 pitches they win eight to seven in this gutsy game and i'm like all right i like this i like what i see there's some fight in this team like this is impressive then they end up playing south carolina but the travel schedule made it so that they didn't finish the game and the results didn't count what in the world kind of opening tournament doesn't account for travel also that what? Was so that was and if you watch any of these games they're playing on fences that look like they were made in a backyard like what the... this is supposed to be like the elite tournament of college softball <laughs> they're playing this at like a local park and they like have to end the game early because their mom's ready to pick them up and take them home <laughs> that was insane man what is that college softball is incredible but fix your marquee tournament good god ah. like what how is the game finished early maybe I'm just missing something but it was it, I think it seemed like a game where both teams knew they probably weren't gonna finish too because I don't I think they started like Isabel Kelly and they probably would have started I imagine Odyssey would have started instead they started some of their backup pitchers they were down six to three and they're like well we gotta go so nothing counts and it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so that was that whole weekend had me like my mind was a pretzel man because I don't know what was going on. You've got the blowout loss to Kansas, two impressive wins. The fourth game gets canceled because they're ready to go home, get their orange slices, pack their bags, and leave. And then they go out the next week. They beat receiving votes North Carolina six to three in another solid performance. I'm like, all right, all right. Then they go to Georgia. They're there for the Georgia Classic. They win thirteen to two. Pretty solid over Austin P. Peay. Austin is not that good, but whatever. They did what they needed to do. I think um it was Kayla Bozeman, I think she pitched in that one. She threw like I forget the exact stat line, but it was very good. She was solid, and I was like, okay, maybe they're developing their number two pitcher. Then they played Georgia that Friday night. This is a big one against a ranked Georgia team. And I'm following along, like, on Twitter, because I think I was working, and JMU gets off to a 6 nothing lead in the first two innings. And I'm like, wow, I like what this team is doing. I eventually get back to my apartment, turn the game on in the fifth inning, where JMU proceeds to get run ruled 19-11 to in five innings. They're up 6 nothing. Then they lose 19 to 11 in five innings. What? They were up, I think, one or two. And there was like a controversial play for a third out that they didn't get. And then they gave up like 10 runs and got run ruled. So I was like, all right, I have absolutely no idea what to make of that. That's one of the most confusing things in the history of the world. Odyssey Alexander gave up uh 14 earned runs in four and two-thirds innings. What? How? Like what? And then Isabel Kelly came in. She did not record an out and gave up four in a run. So kind of a tough outing for For Kelly and Alexander. And I was just confused. Then we fast forward to Saturday. They beat Austin P8 to nothing in five innings. All right, whatever. Then they play Georgia again. And they lose 13 to 5. They get run ruled again by Georgia. 13 to 5. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They didn't pitch Alexander in that one. Just a rough outing where they get, you know, run ruled for the third. They're six and three. And they've been run ruled three times. What am I supposed to make of that? They've got two wins over ranked teams, a win over North Carolina, which was almost ranked. And then they have three run rule losses. And they also have, they went three and two in their last tournament with three run rule victories and two run rule losses. What in the world? What in the world? So they're six and three. The pitching is clearly a question because they haven't really had any consistency. I don't really think they're going to host a regional this year. Um, I'm not sure how far far they're going to be able to go just because the pitching really isn't what it was last year. Odyssey Alexander is a really good pitcher. Uh, but she's not quite Megan good at this point. And the offense is good, but if you're giving up 20 runs in five innings to a ranked team, I don't care if you've got, you know, the Astros offense, you're stealing signs, banging trash cans, (laughs) you're probably not going to be able to match that in terms of runs. So, man, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team. I guess I'll just keep waiting and try to be patient. I still think they're really good and really talented. Um, But my expectations and my, like, earliest hopes after those early games of them, Making the Women's College World Series, I don't want to be overly dramatic. But I I don't think I have those expectations or even really hoax at this point. I'm just excited to see the team develop and play good softball. They'll probably be a French top 25 team all season, do some good things. But I don't know, two run rule losses in the last, you know, tournament hurts a lot.
0: Yeah, I think once they get into conference play, they'll kind of like steamroll over a lot of people. Um, Right. I think right now is what we're seeing. The team truly is, and I think that's a team that is really good when pitching's on. And it's a team that is above average when the pitching's off, but not great. But when the pitching's on, they are a top 10 team
1: in the country. I think that's a that's a very good point, and certainly more reasonable <laughs> than me. So that that's very true. And even when the like you're saying above average, the pitching wasn't great in the win over Missouri, but they found a way to win eight to seven. Pitching wasn't great against Georgia in the first game, and they and, were up. In and the you fifth question, inning. it's it's the the
0: beauty of sports. The what if you can play, if that isn't a bad call, if they get the third out, there's a good chance they win that game by run rule.
1: They could yeah, they could have at least hung in there and and done something, especially if the offense kept going, or maybe they go out and they win it in the full seven or whatever. But it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, they were scoring pretty well themselves and, you know, they were cut short of continuing to hit because of the mercy rule loss. So that would have been something to see. And it would have been huge in terms of, you know, the NCAA tournament resume to beat Georgia once, but yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. They're really fun to watch just because, You know, if the pitching isn't off, you're going to watch 30 runs in five innings. Absolutely insane. So they are enjoyable to watch. College softball this year has been kind of nuts, Um, and it's it's still yeah, they're still they Uh, will
0: still be a top 25. I mean, you said it; they're a top, they're a fringe top 25 team for the rest of the season, and that is in top 25 of mid majors. That's top 25 of the entire nation. So they're a good team. They'll kind of get hurt by playing so many CAA games here in conference play, and that'll kind of lessen their chances at hosting a regional, um, especially if they have a couple hiccups in CAA play. But overall, I mean, this is a top 25 team who's an above-average team that will beat up on the CAA, and they'll probably win a majority of their games from here on out considering they don't play another ranked team until they play receiving votes Virginia Tech on April 1st in a doubleheader.
1: I think my favorite part of that is yeah, the schedule. Yep. Well, the first game, they're receiving <laughs> votes. In the second game, the twenty-first, <laughs> it's, not... it's like, do they have like a B team or something that we don't know?
0: <laughs> do they are they chalking up that the loss to JMU on the first of the doubleheader will help their rank?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, it's going to be fun though. They've got the CAA tournament in Harrisonburg in May, so I think it's still going to be a really good season. And the one thing I will say is like. If they can develop that second yes. pitcher in the next, you know, three months, then it can completely yes. change things. Or even if they just get Alexander back to pitching consistently like an ace by May, it could certainly change things. So too early to oh rule anything God. out, too early to expect anything, but I'm excited to watch the rest of the year.
0: Isabel Kelly, guess what her
1: ERA is? She's yeah, had no, a tough I know she so
0: has, but it's just it's funny how ERA can just get inflated off of one bad outing.
1: <laughs> Just guess what, what her rate. ERA is though. Ninety four. Eighty four. Good lord. You don't like to see that. What are the what's the team ERA? Team ERA, ERA is six oh two.
0: Which is extremely high considering we're coming off of years of Odyssey and making Good giving like twos or making Good being .8.
1: Right, and it's going to be interesting to see recruiting-wise, too, or even just development, what they can get out of both yeah. Bermudez and Kelly. Because when Alexander leaves, looking way ahead next season, are the Dukes going to need more transfers? Do they have some freshmen who they think they might be able to bring in that will sort of change the way the team goes? And let me do a quick a quick Pey- Peyton Burrish check, because she was killing it earlier in the year yeah, for that, Ohio if, State. If
0: this was a team, and we said it, I think we've said it over the last couple of podcasts, if they had Odyssey and Peyton – this is a team that is a super regional world world series type of team just because both of them are so solid, but with just odyssey, they really need Bozeman or Bermudez to kind of step up and Bozeman showed flashes um, in that game. Which game was it that she against Austin pay? She was good. Yeah, against which Austin which isn't a great team, but you like to see that confidence kind of build up and, and you see what, what can happen there. But Bozeman's 2-2, two two, Bermuda's is 1-0, and, and Odyssey
1: is 3-1. Yeah, they are still 6-3 against a decent schedule, so no, no complaints there. Peyton Burrish is 5-3 at Ohio State. She's thrown 63 innings already this season with a 1.87 ERA.
0: That'd be really nice to have with Odyssey right now.
1: So that one, that one certainly stings a little bit, but interested to see what Bozeman can do because she really didn't have a chance to do much at all at uh, Mississippi State, and she was a really highly touted recruit. So she's only thrown fourteen and two thirds this season. I think the more reps she gets, and then when she gets some CA action, I think her confidence will go up as well. So plenty of potential. The lineup is ridiculous. Yeah, the the, the offense. There's no
0: question. Like they
1: are a fantastic offense. Might be one of the best, if not, you know, maybe like five or ten best in the country. If they can find a way to get. The pitching more consistent. It could be a special season, and if it doesn't become more consistent, I still think they're an NCAA. Yeah, they're
0: an NCAA tournament team. Regardless, it's a question of are they hosting a regional, or are they traveling for a regional, and are they getting out to Mm -hmm. a super regional? I don't foresee them getting through a super regional to the Women's College World Series as of right now. But with Mm -hmm. this team as it is on February 27th, this is a regional team who has a shot at a super.
1: Yep. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment for sure.
0: And
1: for sure, we got some exciting, we'll have to do a quick little football thing where we roast some takes, but before that, a uh, quick update on lacrosse. They are three and one. They won three in a row after oh, a couple big time wins. Too. Carolina. That a, that's a yeah.
0: win over uh ranked Virginia tech and O T I remember watching that game on Twitter. That sounds weird, watching it on Twitter. Seeing the updates through the tweets. (laughs) And, like, they built, like, a 5-0 lead. And then Virginia Tech came
1: roaring back at one point. Pretty intense one there. And I think it's Isabel Peterson. She is a ridiculously (laughs) good freshman. They caught her sleeping on, like, a trip and (laughs) put her on Twitter. Her sleeping on the bus. It was after she scored, like, six goals against High Point, (laughs) I think it was. So she's playing really well. She's the CA Rookie of the Week. Kiki Jefferson for women's basketball has won eight of those honors, including the last week, and then Chase Delauder for baseball is also a current CA Rookie of the Week. So the future is bright for some of these yes, programs. Yes, it is, and, and not uh, to Jamie. mention Latrell Palmer
0: for football. Um, He's a
1: stud. I missed, I missed uh, one of the soccer stars, what, Clay O'Bara. <laughs> yeah, Rookie. that was funny. Max Polker, they- <laughs> <Max> Polker <laughs> called
0: out Jamie Sports News. He did.
1: And uh, swimming and diving when they're third consecutive. Yes, yeah, you could title. say it's a dynasty in Harrisonburg for swim and dive. There are a lot of really good athletic programs at JMU, and if men's basketball and baseball can follow suit, it's going to be pretty wild. Arguably one of the best mid-major all-around athletic programs in all of yep, college Yep, a sports.
0: mid-major that spends like a power five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very true. You'll love to see it. All right, let's roast these football takes. I'm on JMU Nation, Jack, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm already cranky this day. Was it migraine it was day? It was migraine day. I was already cranky. Had not gotten the migraine yet, but I was, or at least the almost migraine. But I was trying to figure out to get how to get my aux cord and my car to work because it was like broken. I was about to drive two and a half hours to <laughs> and from Virginia Tech. And I bought a new aux cord, and it turns out like the adapter thing was broken and not the aux cord, so I was pretty pissed and then I couldn't find the adapter in so what'd you Best Buy. But after I was doing this... The radio? I just played it out on my oh, phone without is... going through the speaker. Wow. That was absolute trash. <laughs> that but is the definition <laughs> it was of a struggle. <laughs> it was. Really, I'm living a hard <laughs> life over here. These are first world problems. But I did that. It was a struggle. But as I was flipping through, I think it was Facebook, the JMU Nation page, I saw people talking about, like, the potential JMU football starting quarterback next season. And somebody put in there... They're like they basically compared Gage Maloney to Hunter Ethridge, which no offense to Hunter Ethridge, but what are we doing there? And then what was the next thing they said? Oh, they said that like Cole Johnson had the edge because of his speed and running ability. <laughs> what? Well, last time I
0: checked, Gage is yeah, there a new Cole Johnson? Checked, Gage had the edge in athleticism. Cole had the edge 100%. in arm talent. I think this. Right, Gage yeah, Maloney has Just completely against. mixed them up. Like I think they knew what they were talking I guess that about. That would explain it. That <laughs> and would explain they just it. thought Cole was Gage and Gage was Cole. All
1: right, that makes me feel a lot less bad about it. I this. think they just had the All names that, mixed up. That makes up. sense. But
0: the Gage to
1: Hunter okay. Etheridge is just that was one and, of the worst mixups I've ever seen. They I don't no know talent. if they're
0: mixing up Gage with Cole on that one because Hunter Etheridge was the eternal backup, and Cole uh, has kind of been the eternal backup. This could just be a weird. mix-up. I mix think up. it's a weird mix-up. They also threw in freshman Kyle Adams not having a shot at it. I, people, I don't think – I, I think he has just as much of a shot as the other two right now um, come spring game. He I have
1: not, absolutely but. no idea what level of talent Kyle Adams played in high school against, but he had a great highlight tape, so people have yeah. made him out. Like Kyle Adams, in the mind of a casual Jamie fan, is coming in as like the best quarterback yeah, ever. but he could have been playing against Meese. He could have been playing against 11 Meese right i want to see him i want to see him against yeah. college competition before we rush to it. i think it'll probably be cole or gage or if there's like a, a backdoor transfer somewhere that i do th- i said
0: it i said at the end of the season and i'm going to stick to it it is more likely that a transfer will start week one than it is gage or cole
1: i would not be surprised either i think it's a decent take We'll see what happens. It it should be fun, but yes, thank you for explaining that it could be a mix up, and so I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: it does honestly just sound like they had the intention there, but they just mixed up the names. I like
1: that. I was also going off on Joey. And those were, that was <laughs> fantastic because his, his larping
0: wants to watch Jamie sports <laughs> has to use full sports. Dang well. Is our CAA commissioner working diligently to find a better alternative?
1: Camera pans to a grown man dressed up as an athlete and going to a random college practice. It confuses me because like, if like Roger Goodell showed up at like a lion's practice with like a helmet on, I was like, I'm ready to play kids. That'd be like super weird. Like it's I think it's no, it is weird. The idea, the idea of interacting with the students, I don't dislike, but I think the idea of like, forcing yourself into these weird like social media, like I'm friendly and relatable to the millennials and now I'm practicing with them to me. It's kind of odd, especially when like they the CA is, is struggling athletically in terms of like, And it's also its like brand.
0: you don't see any other conferences commissioner doing that.
1: Right. So, and it's not, I don't think it's a thing that people see you know, and yeah. like, I love this. I think they see it and they're like, why is he also yeah, like, like get us
0: on ESPN database? plus. Get us off of (laughs) get us into any other streaming deal. And he's just like, oh, you want me to play football with JMU? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, you want me to to play basketball with Hofstra? (laughs) I got you, man. Oh, you need me to fix slow spot. Sorry, I can't hear you. I just got hit pretty hard.
1: Um and I've lost all my hearing. I want to add an incredibly important caveat here. If he was going full speed at, like, football practice, I would kill <laughs> for that content, man. If, like he was in there. If like... it's him, like, running live, yeah, if he's getting, like, lit up in the, in the A-gap, that'd be sick. Like, that'd be – I would watch, like – I would pay for Flow Sports to have, like, hour specials of, like, Joey D trying to take down Latrell Palmer. He's getting an I'll absolute deck. Like, that'd be a Joey blast D to watch. <laughs> that would be incredible. But I don't think that's what's happening. I think it's sort of, like – you know, an easy walkthrough kind of thing. So that's less exciting to me, but uh, I mean, I guess we'll
0: do something like PFT commentators doing with the DC defenders. (laughs) Give me Joey D like in a one single bar helmet, kicking a 30 yard field goal
1: to see if he makes it. I want Joey D. Yeah. Where he like, if he makes it, they don't have to run sprints and if he misses yeah, they like, run sprints and then like after they run sprints, then he does the Oklahoma <laughs> drill. So like they're fired up going into this. Like, give me some actual content. And most of it's like still photos. I want Joey D. I want 30 seconds of like, is this guy running good routes? Is he a crisp? What does he have in Can terms he of knock down strength? the what's three? his forty time?
0: Like, let's put him on the hardwood. Right, exactly. Can, can he drive to the bucket and can he get take the contact? And hit the lay-in. Can he, get the, can, he, can he shoot the ball off the catch? That was the most awkward way of saying he is
1: not shoot. He has spent multiple years doing this, <laughs> and we've yet to see if he's grown as yeah, athlete. we still think he's the same as he
0: was on day one, <laughs> and we know that's not true. We know that the coaches in the CAA develop their players, not only develop them on the field,
1: but in the classroom. And we need to see if Joey D does that too. Can he take a wonderlick test? Lie. Like, what can we do to, to test him? I think there should be more. If we're gonna do this content, let's go full. full or put on this us stuff in there. We'll of, you kick
0: know. field goals and do Oklahoma drills.
1: I'm I'm not agreeing to do Oklahoma drills. You heard it here. Bennett said he's. Uh, oh, is it against? Is it against Joey D? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think that there should, they should pick, like, one fan from every school, and if you beat Joey D in Oklahoma drill, then you're off of Flow Sports and you get ESPN+.
0: But then CAA is not on ESPN+, Plus, so you're just watching ESPN+. Plus.
1: No, like, your team oh, gets oh. to move to <laughs> – yeah. No, yeah, you lose your Flow Sports subscription well, if, if you have a Flow no, Sports No, here's a better way.
0: You get your Flow Sports paid for, so it's free to you, and then also Joey like D that. will work on it better solution
1: and then you can share your your share your password exactly
0: exactly review. okay i like that anything else to add i think we've hit it all
1: i think that was a good way to all close right. yeah no excited to be back with a pom- yes to we're meet. gonna
0: hit more diamond stuff moving forward and our men and we got the is next week the week ahead of yes, the yes it term? is and hell yeah next week um our men's basketball misery will almost be over for bennett conlin my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your, what's today? Thursday. Rest of your Friday. See ya. Bye. <laughs>